we've had some big weeks. Mm-hmm. A lot of changes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of changes and a lot of, a lot of changes that um, we don't have a lot of control over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Sisterhood Unplugged. I'm Liz. And I'm Julia. We're two sisters with a passion for telling women's stories, which is what we'll do here while we share ours along the way. Each week, we'll come together to have real conversations with each other and the women in our sisterhood. In our first collection of episodes, Volume 1, You Can Have It All, Even Cancer, we cover my story of being diagnosed with breast cancer at 35, from my mental health through my treatments and how my diagnosis has affected my relationships to what I see for myself in life after cancer. Thanks for joining us on Sisterhood Unplugged. Welcome to Sisterhood Unplugged. I'm Liz. And I'm Julia. Thank you for joining us for our special life update episode of Volume 1, You Can Have It All, Even Cancer. Today, Julia and I are going to talk about some things that have been going on in our lives that may or may not have kept us from our regular podcasting schedule. <laughs> so let's just jump right in. Julia, what's been going on with you? Um, well, I am, <laughs> I'm a week and a day past surgery. Um, mm-hmm. So I had, last week, I had a double, excuse me, a bilateral mastectomy with the beginning of reconstruction Mm -hmm. um which was my first surgery I've ever had in my life (laughs) and surprisingly an outpatient procedure yes yeah although (laughs) like I I don't know when they told me it was an outpatient procedure I was like that's insane but yeah it was actually kind of nice to be in my own house in my own space um And, like, I have to say, like, I felt so much better already by the next day. I feel like if I were in a hospital, I would have gotten less rest and I would have been, like, itching to leave. Yeah. Makes sense. I just think it's crazy. Like, I feel like it was, like, a major surgery. And they're just like, okay, bye! (laughs) Everyone I've told who, like, that it was outpatient surgery, they've been like, um, what? (laughs) Yeah, every person I've told has said the exact same thing. (laughs) Um, yeah, I was, I had, like, so much anxiety going into it. Um, like I said, I've, I've never had... Um, I've never had surgery before and I just like didn't know what to expect and um, like this what like (laughs) chemo was hard don't get me wrong but I have been anticipating this whole time that this would be the hardest part for me just because of the physical restrictions that come with it like I just don't do well with like being told to take it easy (laughs) to like sit Um, on your butt and not move yeah like I want to work out I want to go to dance class I want to pick up my kids I want to like and I can't do any of that Mm -hmm. um and that's really hard for me I didn't I like I feel like I enjoyed like laying in my recliner and watching like catching up on the crown for like a day and then after that I was like so sick of it (laughs) yeah I can imagine that definitely gets old fast 
yeah um yeah so it's just been like kind of a whirlwind of like two weeks um because like the week leading up to the surgery um matt and i we took a trip to charleston um like for a long weekend so my surgery was last wednesday we left for charleston on friday morning Mm -hmm. um, before the surgery and came back on monday um and i at first i was like because we planned the trip before my surgery was scheduled yeah and I don't know. I was like, kind of like, oh gosh, like, why are we taking this trip so close to my surgery? This is crazy. But actually it was such a good distraction because I was so happy and like just enjoyed myself. And I like, wasn't thinking about the surgery. Um, But then like the second we were back (laughs) in like in Maryland, like not even home, just like in our state, like the, the anticipatory anxiety started creeping in yeah um so like I don't know I just realized if I'd been home that whole time I would have spent like the whole weekend worrying about it but instead I spent the whole weekend like eating delicious food and like um two of our really good friends came with us um who are they're like our travel soulmates yeah Um, your group your joint birthday trip yeah our our winter birthday club (laughs) um they were there so like I was with I was in good company I was eating good food I was you know um in a hot tub in the middle of winter Um, yeah it was it was actually a really well-timed trip um but nevertheless it was um busy um getting in and out for that and you know dropping the kids off with our mom and dad and um packing them and packing myself and um and then I came back on Monday and then Tuesday I had to see the plastic surgeon and I had to Mm -hmm. see I have to see like a special PT for um just post mastectomy stuff yeah um so I had like two doctor's appointments on Tuesday and then on Monday, I mean, on Wednesday, um, was the big day. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of a crazy two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that phenomenon that you, you talked about, I don't know if there's a name for it, but I feel very connected to that. Like as soon as you landed, that anxiety came back. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking back to like, the newborn phase and like being fine during the day but as soon as the sun would go down it's like everything sucked mm-hmm. and like as soon as the sun came up I was like okay I can do this we got this we're gonna do this this is gonna be a great day and then as soon as the sun would go down I'd be like I can't do anything this is terrible I was Please just talking <laughs> yeah I was just talking to a good friend of ours um they their baby is like eight weeks old yeah and um they came over to watch um the football game over the weekend the football game yes the The taylor swift football game oh haha yes that one um (laughs) and she was saying the exact same thing like she was like yeah i'm doing pretty well but 
you know, as soon as the sun starts to go down, it's like, there's something that changes in my brain. And I was like, okay, I want you to know that that is so incredibly normal. And that every mom of a new baby has that exact experience and, it, and like says it the same way not yes. like when it's nighttime but it's like when the sun goes down yes totally everything is different and it's so <laughs> ironic because I feel like we all feel so alone in that mo in those moments like when we're new moms and we're feeling that like panic come over us but we're so yeah. not alone like at no. all uh-uh <laughs> you just feel alone you feel like everybody else can do it <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so I'm sure there's a name for that phenomenon. If anyone knows it, please share. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd i love to understand the psychology behind that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But like coming back into our home state was basically like the same. Yeah. Like a very similar experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh my gosh. And then I was just like a crazy worrying person. Um, well, I but- mean... An understandable thing to worry about <laughs> having your first surgery ever, um, it being an outpatient procedure. Like that was the one thing about, so during COVID when people had babies, it was like, hurry up and get out of the hospital in 24 yeah, that hours was, because that's what happened you to me. stay here. I was and in the hospital I- for like 36 hours total, including my yeah. labor. And when I had my son, COVID, it was at the end of 2021. So we were getting a spike of a new variant, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. nearly what it was a year ago. So like what I was able to do in the hospital was so up in the air until I actually went. But I remember having a, an OB appointment leading up to it. And the one OB that I saw saying insurance pays for two nights, whether they tell you you have to get out or not take the two nights and stay there interesting and I was like okay um and she was like no matter what they say you get two nights through insurance so stay for two nights and I was like okay I'll do that I mean obviously I wanted to go home so bad but at the same time I didn't because I was like Mm -hmm. oh my god what if something happens of course Mm -hmm. when the sun went down I was like oh my god what happens if something happens tonight Mm -hmm. like and I felt so excited about going home until they came in with the cart to take all our stuff out. And then I was like, no, I shouldn't be leaving. You yeah. stitched me up. Nobody looked at them. Like, let me stay, please. Yeah, I when I had my daughter, so I had my daughter in September of 2020, which was before it was like at yeah. the height of COVID. It was before Ugh. vaccinations even. Yep. Horrible. Um, And I... <laughs> So I, like I said, I was in the hospital a total of 36 hours, including labor. Um, And I remember, so it was one night that we were there. And I remember like being in our hospital room and like some like code, like loud code so-and-so announcement came over the loudspeaker in the hallway. And then like, a team of medical professionals like ran down the hallway. Oh my God. And they were like, okay, and we're going to check you out now. And I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> no. You're going to check me so right afraid. back in. <laughs> yes. I was like, so, so afraid. Uh, like, why is it that people only think bad things are going to happen at night? I don't know. Or when they return to their state of origin. Well, that's Leading like metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So oh. how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling physically, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I am really, uh, I'm moving around like there's definitely still some soreness and discomfort. Um, but, um, and I, I, still need help reaching things because like you can't really like lift your arms very high um yeah. I would say that's like the biggest restriction um but I'm moving around more every day they gave me these like PT exercises like really really simple stuff like turning your head and like <laughs> touching your shoulder <laughs> um but I've been doing my PT exercises and like doing better every day I've been walking um but dude I am dying to like exercise and go to dance and um it's hard because I can't really hug people um because like all the all the uh vulnerability is right on my chest so um I can't really hug the kids you know my daughter can't sit in my lap I can't pick her up um I'm still not driving because the uh, just the arm my arm the restrictions of moving my arm I'm like not comfortable with that I would be able to like turn the wheel um the way I need to be able to turn it yet Mm -hmm. um I yeah I'm I don't know I'm I'm feeling I'm sleeping well I'm eating well um I'm doing a lot more each day um I would say the mental part of it is much harder for me so far than the physical part of it. (laughs) Yeah. What have been some of the, um, some of the challenges mentally? Um, well, wanting to do more than I physically can is challenging. Um, and just kind of, my daughter's just like at a very, uh I mean there's never a good time to have cancer right but yeah when you have a three-year-old with big feelings Mm -hmm. um that's like actually a really horrible horrible time to go through something like this because you know my daughter she she understands a little bit but she doesn't understand that much and her needs are so dramatic at this age and um just not being able to meet her needs the way that I know she wants them to be met in a for a reason that she can't really understand is really hard for me yeah um and then on top of that like surgery is a really big when it comes to cancer um breast cancer specifically I can't speak to other types of cancer but surgery is a really big step because that's when you really get all of the actual answers, right? Like, yeah. Um, so far, I've had scans, um, but imaging can only tell you so much. It's not until they can get their like, hands physically on, see it. Exactly. They like they can get their hands on the actual cancer and um, the lymph nodes and um, the tissue. Um, it's not until they can really get like, there are, there are surprises. I mean, there are always surprises that are possible, but like, it's possible for them to have missed something in the imaging. Right. Um, 
And so not only am I like physically recovering from this major surgery and like a major change to my body, a major hard change to my body. I mean, like I don't have nipples anymore. Like, (laughs) um, but on top of that, it's like the stress and anxiety of the receiving the results of like the pathology of the surgery. So, um, and of course, doctors, man, they just never, they always call you at the worst possible time. So I <laughs> like my, my surgeon was the one who gave me the results for my pathology. Um, and she called me at like 640 on Tuesday night when oh. Matt and I were trying to get the kids out of the dance studio. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, and into the car to like go home and like have a quick dinner and go to bed. Um, and you know, I don't know. Doctors always call you and they're like, is now a good time? time? Yeah. And like, (laughs) I mean, I knew what she was calling for and I wasn't going to wait to get those. Like, no, I've been anxious about this for months. Um, so I'd really like to wait a little longer and see yeah. my own anxiety right. for another day or two, if you wouldn't like, mind calling me back at a more convenient time. So of course I was like, <laughs> yup, now it's fine. So we were yeah. like outside the studio, all the kids were like running around a dark parking lot, um, <laughs> you know, and my surgeon. So I'm like very happy with my care team. Like my surgeon is like the best in this area at what she does but like she's a surgeon so like her bedside manner does not uh vibe with me um, it leaves a lot to be desired yeah with and your like personality. every time yeah every time I'm I finish a conversation with her I never feel better I always feel unsettled yeah <laughs> like even yeah. if even if the information she's giving me is good. So, um, so basically, because like, do you even know if it's good? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so the long and short, short of it is um, like, if I had to pick between the words good and bad for my results, I would pick the word good, logically okay. speaking. However, they were not the best case scenario. And as a type A personality, a perfectionist, (laughs) someone who like is very controlling. Yeah, it has to be the best of everything. (laughs) Um, I find that very disappointing. And, And also just like the way that the surgeon talked to me about it was just very unsettling. Yeah. Um, And I had a I've been having a bit of a hard time with my results. So um, I don't know if you don't care to hear the details of it, go ahead and like skip ahead. Um, But I, my lymph nodes were negative, Mm -hmm. which is great news. Amazing. Um, They removed everything. I mean, they removed all of my breast tissue. So they removed the tumor with, clear margins which is good amazing yeah however there was still some residual cancer um which means there were active cancer 
cells still in there. Um, the tumor, when I was first diagnosed, was over two centimeters. It was like 2.5 centimeters or something. And now mm-hmm. it was like 2.5 by 2.1 by two or something like that. And now it's like one centimeter by 0.8 centimeters by 0.7 centimeters. That's so awesome. like it shrank considerably. Yeah. Also good. Um, yes. But, oh, and the cells that were left were grade two as opposed to grade three, which means that they were medium aggressive instead of, like, when I was first diagnosed, my cancer was grade three, which is the most aggressive type of cancer you can have. Um, So now, so the cells that were left were grade two, not grade three, which means they weren't dividing nearly as As rapidly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also definitely better than grade three (laughs) yeah um but there was still cancer in there which means that after my surgery I have to go I I haven't um I'm meeting with the oncologist this afternoon so I don't know for sure what comes next um the surgeon didn't mention radiation that doesn't mean I don't that doesn't mean I don't have to have it so I'll know for sure later but um I'm fairly positive that I'm going to have to go on a pill form of chemo mm-hmm. because of the residual cancer. Um, so I am trying not to be disappointed by that, but frankly, I am, it's not working. Like I'm failing yeah. miserably and I'm incredibly disappointed by it. Um, it's just been hard. Like um, I think this is the first time since my diagnosis that I'm really like living the reality that like once you're a cancer patient, you're kind of always a cancer patient. Um, And it's like crazy because like I caught this early, like Mm -hmm. in on the scale of cancer, what I was diagnosed with is is pretty far toward the not bad end yeah but still this is something that's going to essentially take away a full year of my life with the treatments and Mm -hmm. something that's going to follow me forever like literally for the rest of my life and I don't I think just like with the flurry of diagnosis and then the routine of chemo, um, I didn't really have to face the reality, that reality up till now. And um, I feel kind of trapped. I feel kind of trapped in this cancer and, and I don't, I don't want to be cancer girl. Right. Like I, there's a lot more to me. than having cancer but Mm -hmm. it's becoming part of my identity in a way that I don't have any control over and in a way that I really 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 don't want yeah um and again on the scale of cancer like this is not bad like it's not but I think just all cancer sucks and all cancer is bad and um I think I just need time mm-hmm. to accept this. Well, you haven't part of the- had 
the chance to process that yet because you haven't been face to face with that yet. So as someone on the outside who has been watching this process and not experiencing this process personally, um, you are a type A person. You like to have control. You like to have a plan. And what I've seen through this process is that it's impossible to have either of those two things because Mm -hmm. everything is so dependent on the end of something. So you get an end to a part and you feel like it's over, but it's not because there's something else coming, but you don't know what it is yet. And Mm -hmm. you're not sure what's going to happen at the end of it. And you just are in this endless loop of what's next? Is there something next? Is this good? Is this bad? Like, what is that going to look like? Like, you're going to live this entire year completely in the unknown Mm -hmm. in a way you've never had to before because you've been able to at least have more control and more ability to plan for unknowns that have happened in the past. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, Yeah. And like, I think the word endless is... yes very is really resonating with me right now because that's like like, questionable endlessness like yeah is it really endless or will it end or when will it end like that's gotta be so frustrating yeah it's really it's been really hard for me um so I would say that the mental part the mental piece of this part of the process has been a lot harder Mm -hmm. for me so far than the physical part of the process um And if you want to look at it a little bit more positively, essentially you were just told you had cancer all over again. That's exactly how I feel. That's like seriously, like I feel like I'm back in the, in the diagnosis part. Right. But look at how much better you are with it this time around versus last time. Like look at all the growth that happened between the initial diagnosis and this first leg of treatment and how you're going into this next part. And like, if there's more, like imagine how much better you will be at accepting it. I don't know. That must be how it looks like from the outside. Cause I definitely don't feel that way. It definitely looks that way from the outside. I will tell you. Yeah. It's, it's been, um, I think like it's still only right. I got that information Tuesday evening. It's still only like Thursday in the middle of the day. So like, um, and I will say, the men like I have gotten a little bit better every day mentally um but yeah I'm um I really I'm still processing um and I'm hoping that maybe like talking with the oncologist today will be helpful Mm -hmm. um and like well her bedside manner matches your vibe a little bit better it's definitely better for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. And then like, also it's kind of weird, I guess that the surgeon's the one who like delivers this. I don't know if that's normal or not. Um, but I don't know in this case, it's kind of weird that she's the one who delivered the information because like the oncologist is the one who determines what the plan is. So she was like, yeah. this is your pathology report and this might be what's next for you, but I don't really know. So like at least 
talking with the oncologist, I'll know what's next. Um, So I think that will be helpful. Um, But yeah, so um, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a tough week and a half. Um, So yeah, so (laughs) that's uh, one of the reasons why like Liz said, we've gotten uh, off our regular podcasting schedule because um, <laughs> I haven't exactly been in the best physical or mental space to sit down and record, but yeah, getting better every day. Good. Good. And so. I hope you get like good answers today or at least yeah. enough for you to like move further in the processing part mm-hmm. of this experience. Yeah, me too. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. How about you? Let's hear your updates because it's not like you've exactly had a, an uneventful last two weeks. Yes. So I have also not been in the right frame of mind <laughs> to do anything. Um, so I had talked about it previously in an episode or two but um my husband zach got a new job um a government job that requires pretty extensive training um so he left last week was my first week alone um with our son um so he ended up coming back that weekend and i'll i'll get into that a little bit more but now he's gone again until the end of April and then he'll come back for a couple weeks and then he'll go back until the middle of November. So um, I am basically a single mom for this. And for our listeners, it's February 1st. So April April is not close. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we are only at the beginning. So obviously I knew this was going to happen for a while. He formally accepted the position in November. So And, like, even going through the process, we knew what it was all going to look like. Maybe not the exact dates, but we knew the amount of time that he was going to be away and where he was going to be. And, you know, so, like, I've had a lot of time to mentally prepare myself for what was to come. And, you know, part of me, this is going to sound so bitchy, but part of me was, like, looking forward to parts of it a little bit, like, being able to like try a new parenting tactic with our son without needing somebody else to do the same thing. So there was like more consistency with it and like getting to see how I can, you know, become a stronger version of myself and rise to the occasion and like make decisions on my own. And like, I don't know, part of me thought that like, there was going to be an aspect of this that was going to be a positive thing. But for the most part, I knew this was going to be hard. What I was not prepared for was that it was harder than I could have ever imagined. Uh, <laughs> so it was very disappointing. I like I was very down on myself last week because I felt like, how stupid am I that I thought it was going to be hard? but it's way harder than I actually thought it was going to be. Like, okay, I'm not going to go ahead and think that I'm no, no, I'm going to go ahead and put this in the self-deprecating category 
because yeah, no, my it New was Year's... like the first day. <laughs> like, give yourself some time. I know, but my New Year's, uh, this is this is proving to me that this is the right right intention for myself, the right want for myself, and that I have a lot of work to do to get there. So um, it also didn't come at a great time. The people, I, I'm very lucky. I have a very strong support system. I have you, I have our parents, I have my in-laws, I have my best friend, like our siblings. Like I have a very strong support group, but everyone had a busy week last week. <laughs> so <laughs> I really was like on my own. Um, the other part of it that I didn't anticipate was that our son was going to have a hard time adjusting to it. Like, I knew I was going to have a hard time adjusting, but I don't really think our, I mean, he's only two. I don't think he can really grasp the concept of what's happening. So I didn't think it was going to affect him as much as it did. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had a hard time adjusting. He hasn't napped well since, I mean, we just started sleeping through the night, these last couple of nights. Um, He was also, he has like a little cold or something so you know he got up gagging last week and like his nose has been running and he hasn't had a fever or anything but it's just been very stressful and I can always sense when there's even like the slightest change oh yeah like routine or like normalcy it's so crazy it is insane because I like he can't understand what's happening. Like I can't mm-hmm. explain it to him in a way that he's going to understand yet. Somehow he knows something is different. And I was not expecting to have to deal with him not being able, like him having to adjust to it as well. Mm-hmm. So I kind of felt like we would go about our normal business and I'd be sad, but I'd be able to like, have him support me with some normalcy and I got the complete opposite so it was a very overwhelming week um there was there were a lot of tears Mm -hmm. a lot of tears um mostly for me um I tried to give our son medicine one day and I realized it's a two-man job and I got really mad and I threw the syringe with the medicine in it at our sink so there's still medicine on on, I'm finding it on different surfaces um as I continue to clean the kitchen um and my son thought it was funny because Uh. I was mad so he kept going (laughs) and like which I'm sure just like totally helped Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. I mean, I think it's funny now, but in the moment I was like, I hate everything. Yeah. And I was, I was, it was not a good night. It was a very dark week last week. Um, one good thing that did come out of the week though, is we got our new insurance cards um, because our health insurance switched with um, Zach getting a new job because I don't have one. So our insurance comes from him. Uh, So I was able to make some appointments that I've been putting off, including finding a therapist. So I will see her next week. I'm very excited to have that. Um, And then in the midst of all this change and sadness and frustration, a job that I was excited about that I had gotten pretty far in the process of 
sent me an auto-generated rejection. Oh, those are the worst. Not even from the recruiter that I've been working with this whole time. An auto-generated rejection. And after like three interviews, don't you think I'd at least deserve like a, hey, we're going in a different direction. Like, obviously it has to be the right fit. You don't just hire people for whatever. And I fully respect that I might not be the right fit for something, but it was like a slap in the face to get an auto-generated rejection from the talent acquisition bot email and not even the recruiter that I was working with. So um, was like a, it just, last week just felt like you are a failure at everything and what's your purpose why are you here what's your point so um it was it was not a good week um at all so I was also not in the right frame of mind to do any sort of recording (laughs) because yeah sounded very much like what I just said you suck at everything and what's your purpose (laughs) um and I don't really think that's something that our listeners would want to listen to so I'm glad we took a little break yeah. Um, and then Zach came home for the weekend, which was so good for me because it gave me the chance to like collect myself. It's the last time he's going to be home until the end of April. Most of the people in his training program didn't come home that weekend. And he had originally thought he wanted to, but as he went through training last week and it was a hard goodbye, he was like, I don't really think I want to come home. Like, I think I just want to go. Um, so, but I'm really glad he made the decision to come home. He was really glad he made the decision to come home too. It was easier to say goodbye this time. Um, and I got the chance to kind of like collect myself. Um, I started reading some books and listening to some audio books. So I, I'm like reading, technically reading like two books at once. One of them, the one I'm listening to is You're a Badass by Jen Sincero. I read that at a very dark time in my early 20s and it just like it helped me so much just to shift my perspective on life in general and I've read it I think four times before now and every time I read it I get a different message from the book so it's been nice to have that on in the background and just listen because I'm listening to it from a different perspective And it's like hearing it all for the first time all over again, which is awesome. Um, And then I'm reading a book called The Happier Hour. I can't remember who wrote it, but um, it's about time and like redefining your relationship with time. Like all the time in the world exists, but, you know, it's about how you spend that time. And like she's a a hap, like she's a professor at UCLA and she does research on like happiness but there's like a big correlation between happiness and time. So it's just been really interesting to read through like her research and her perspective on it. And just, I don't know, it's definitely made me feel more optimistic um, about this time and what I have and what I can do with it. And um, that I'm more capable than I'm giving myself credit for and just kind of getting back to some good good routines. Like I used to be really good at writing down 10 things I was thankful for every day before I went to bed and doing like a meditation, like a short meditation every day. And like, um, kind of getting back into those things have really helped me. Cause I feel like it's putting good, 
good vibes back out into the universe and Mm -hmm. you get back what you put out there. So if I'm in this stuck in this negative mindset where I can't do anything, then of course, bad things are just going to continue to happen to me. But if I can shift my perspective and focus on something positive and put goodness back out there, then good things will happen to me. So um, definitely been a better experience. I mean, we're what, four days in uh, Mm -hmm. to the second week, but at four hours into the first week, it was pretty bad. So I'm already, I've already beat my record. There you go. So, you know, what are you doing differently this week than you did last week? I mean, I went into it a little bit more prepared. I, it's hard for me. So this was one of the things that I feel like has been a theme my whole entire life is if I don't have direct experience with something, it's hard for me to conceptualize what it's actually going to be. Mm -hmm. I felt that way about every job. I feel this way going through this job search because I'm going from a retail store environment that I know so well and looking at a complete change in career in a corporate setting I have no experience in. So for me, it's like really hard to conceptualize what my day-to-day would look like or how teams interact or what the dynamic is within an organization from a corporate perspective. Like I feel that same way about this past week. I thought I knew because I have some experience with like Zach being at work or um, I guess that's it really Zach being at work and me being home alone with with our son. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I had this idea of what it was going to feel like, but I couldn't conceptualize it because I I don't have experience doing it all day every day with like no seemingly no end in sight. Mm -hmm. So this week, I'm obviously have some experience to back it up. Um, and then just like getting back into journaling. And I, I wrote out a schedule, one of the, there's a bunch of challenges and like activities that they give you in this book, Happier Hour. And one of them is to like, write out your whole day in 30 minute increments and write down what you do within those 30 minutes. And do that for a week or two and look back on your time and see like where you rated your happiest moments and your least happy moments. And like, how do you transform those least happy moments into happier ones by, you know, coupling it with something that's, that's fun. Um, So like an interest, I mean, I tend to watch a lot of TV. I've talked about Top Chef 700 times. I've gone through (laughs) like 15 seasons in just a matter of weeks, which is kind of disgusting (laughs) when you think about it, the amount of hours that I'm spending watching stuff. Um, But like one of the things that in the chapters, and if if this is super boring to the people listening or you don't want any spoilers, you know, you can just skip ahead. But um, One of the interesting things in there was that when you ask people, like, if they had more time, like, what's something really fun that you would want to do if you had the time for it? And a lot of people say, like, oh, watch TV. But when you rate your happiness after you've spent time watching TV, it's actually not that high because you Mm -hmm. don't get anything accomplished from it. Like, it feels good, but it's not satisfying. Mm -hmm. So... Like, I feel like I was spending too much time watching things because I was sad and I didn't feel like doing anything because I just felt like I couldn't do anything. But I didn't walk away from any day feeling like I could do anything because I wasted my time. Like, so 
just like looking at what we do together in our routine, me and my son, writing that out and seeing how many blanks there were in my schedule and what I could fill them with to feel a little bit better um, has been good. I've also Mm -hmm. been a lot more. So when I think back on times where I've like really struggled, it's because I kept things to myself or like felt like ashamed to share how much I was struggling like during postpartum. I've been very open about how I've been feeling with you, with our parents, with my best friend, with my husband, like definitely has felt good to kind of let that all out and just like accept whatever support comes back. So like, for example, you know, I'm not working. So it's not like we have an abundance of financial stream coming through, you know, like we're, I'm very privileged that we're okay where we are, but Mm -hmm. like, there's no extra spending and not like I need a lot of things, but you know, we don't have a ton of discretionary income. Um, So our parents offered to pay for a gym membership at a physical gym that offers daycare in our our town that has a pool that I can take our son in and I can drop him off at the daycare and I can go take a Pilates class or run on the treadmill or use the elliptical and then go pick him up and leave and like that's the nicest thing ever because I would never ask for something like that but I'm accepting that (laughs) because Mm -hmm. when I think about like the benefit, I will get a chance to do something by myself that will fuel me and help me. And he'll get exposure to a daycare setting and like, he'll get to play with somebody else and we'll get some separation, very much needed separation. And I'll get to do some exercise, which I'd never have time to do because I mean, do I really make the time for it? I guess is the thing, but I'd be forced to because I'd have to leave my house for it. So um, just like being more open this week and like accepting whatever help is offered has felt really good. And like something that I think I talked about in our New Year's episode was feeling like a burden, being afraid I wasn't going to ask for help and feeling Mm -hmm. like a burden, like I am trying so hard to just not even let that be a thought in my mind because people wouldn't offer the help that they're offering or the things that they're offering if they didn't want to. Mm -hmm. So to just let those things happen. Um, And like my in-laws, when we were dropping Zach off at the airport, because they drove us, um, because Zach didn't think I was going to be mentally well enough to drive myself home. Um, from the airport so he enlisted his parents to drive us <laughs> which was nice I was fine but like <laughs> um, just to open the curtain on how great my mental state was last week mm-hmm. um, when we were driving to the airport his parents were like oh we'd like to pick a day like a standing day each week where we'll come pick up your son and take him for the day and then you come over to pick him up and we'll have dinner together and you go home. So um, they have him today and I'm going to go over later and um, have dinner with them. And like, that's just something, that's something I would never ask for 
but mm-hmm. it was offered and I'm really excited to take them up on that offer. And, you know, like, I think this is just going to be a good thing. So shifting my perspective a little bit and doing things differently than I would have done them in the past has made me feel a little bit more optimistic about it this time around. Um, so I hope that that stays for the majority of it. Um, but you know, that's pretty much it. I think I just talked for like 20 minutes straight. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That's what this is for. Yeah. Wow. We've had some big weeks. Mm -hmm. A lot of changes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of changes and a lot of, a lot of changes that, um, we don't have a lot of control over Mm -hmm. (laughs) but also Um, like changes that surprised us by how big of a change they were yeah which made it even more disappointing or like Like, not the initial shock of it not even how big of a change they were but like how like what aspect of yeah what we faced has been the most challenging like I definitely thought that physically having surgery would be the worst part right Mm -hmm. but like actually I definitely didn't understand the mental load of this part of the cancer process and that's what's been the most hard yes and like for me I thought the hardest part was going to be my personal adjustment Mm -hmm. to this new normal but it was trying to cope with my own adjustment while also helping our son through his adjustment to this new normal that I was mm-hmm. not anticipating and needing the amount of help that I need. I didn't think I was going to need. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a ton. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what's going on with us. <laughs> It's really Um, fun. You know, it's... Sometimes life is just hard, man. Yeah, for sure. But I guess that's life, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's never a perfect balance. You're always moving one way or the other. Yeah, so hopefully... um, Hopefully the next time we chat, we'll be able to say... Um, you know, I'll be able to update everyone on how much more in control I feel after I talk to the oncologist and have a plan. And yes, um, you'll be able to talk about how, um, how much more you and your son have been settling into your, your new routines and your new normal. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Oh man. My other resolution I'm not doing well with. What? Definitely. You definitely. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I didn't even notice that you said it. (laughs) It's, I don't even think I said it that much in my real life. I think it's just because I heard it on our recording. And now it's all I hear when we talk to each other. So we're definitely, ah, it's okay. We're all, it's definitely okay. (laughs) Definitely. You're right. Is Uh, there any, anything else? you wanted to cover in this episode? Um, I don't think so. Just, you know, if anyone listening is going through a similar feeling of 
some unexpected change that's got them in a funk. We're here for you and you are not alone. There's a lot of funky changes going on right now. And also, as Julia said earlier, today is February 1st, which means we all made it through the longest month of the year, which is January. And after 75 weeks of the month of January, we are finally moving into the next month of the year. So congratulations. You did it. Yes. And I will move into the next phase of whatever whatever uh, cancer has for me and you could move into the next phase of your um your new single normal. parenting yeah <laughs> your accidental single parenting yes my still married unwidowed single parenting yes exactly <laughs> weird, <laughs> a weird situation <laughs> yes very unique situation for sure yes thanks for listening On our next episode, we'll talk about how having cancer has affected how I approach my relationships with family and friends, including how I talk to my kids about what I'm going through. Until then, you can find us on Instagram at Sisterhood Unplugged or on our website at sisterhoodunplugged.com. Thanks for being part of our sisterhood. This is Sisterhood Unplugged signing off. Hey! Hey, let's try this again. All right. <laughs> I just ran um, out to also get my water. <laughs> oh, okay. No, like I actually ran. Oh, do you so. need like do you need a minute no. to catch your breath? No, I'm out of breath because I'm so out of shape. <laughs> I feel like I talked way too much. I feel like I felt the same though. So like I think it was fine. Okay. And, and like, what like would I have been I doing? Just breaking up sense. your talking with like some questions that would prompt you to talk more. Yeah, probably. So, I just felt like my mouth just wouldn't stop moving. Well, that's what this is for. And words just kept spilling out of me. That's what this is for. So hopefully it made sense. And I don't even know if I covered all the things that I was thinking about last week. I should have written it down. Well, that was our most organic episode yet i think i know it was we had literally other than the intro we had nothing planned like no questions or anything which was good we were just updating yeah updating on all the super fun things happening all the greatest (laughs) things ever all righty all right all right i'll talk to you later I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.